Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Passing Shot, the tennis podcast by fans. I'm Joel. I'm Kim. And on today's Nitto Tour Finals preview, Novak Djokovic gets Medvedev, Zverev and Schwartzman. Rafa Nadal lands team Sitsipas and Rublev. And Jamie Murray and Neil Skupski stay in the hunt for a double spot in Sofia. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Kim, the tour finals are upon us in London. We are very excited. The draw was today. We we record the podcast, you know, virtually at the moment in in London, and it feels a bit surreal actually because, uh, you know, we we're in lockdown. We're in our well, I'm in my bedroom, you know, recording this, and the the tennis is happening. I mean, it's a really it's a really odd odd you know odd situation at the moment, but I'm just happy. The tennis is happening. The tennis is here in London, and we've got a really stellar lineup to look forward to. We have indeed got a stellar lineup. It's it's absolutely rammed, isn't it? And it's such a shame, you know, that um, we're not able to go and see it live and to experience, you know, one last, um, you know, tour finals at at the end of the year. It's it's been such a such a good thing, I think, to have in London, and I'm sure a lot of our UK based tennis, you know, fan listeners will will agree because. I think, you know, whilst we've had this era of players and this kind of cohort and, and obviously Andy as well for, from a British perspective, having it in, in the UK has been fantastic. And it's been a lot longer than they initially, you know, said it would be. They kept extending it because it was proving to be so successful. So we've had a really good stint. And um, yes, it is a shame we can't, you know, go for one like final send off, but hopefully it will be fantastic matches and we'll be you know cheering along from home instead uh, instead of being at the O2. I am hoping yeah we give it the send-off it deserves. I, I'm still amazed it's going ahead. Six months ago there was very there was so much uncertainty we didn't even think we would get to this moment so I'm always kind of glad we've we've got the the tour finals and, and we can kind of watch it on our screens. Um the sad, the thing I'm most sad about Kim is the fact that we we're not going to have the the traditional um, we're not going to have the traditional tour top eight selfie um, that they've done in previous years. I've not seen that anywhere on social media. I've not seen them on the tube. I've not seen them at Bassey Power Station. Um, ah, that's the only thing. I'm, I'm, I wish we could we could have got a socially distanced selfie, couldn't we? Couldn't we have taken them all to like Hampstead Heath or something and got them to space <laughs> out and do a, a like an aerial shot of them or something or maybe somewhere a bit closer to like North Greenwich? But yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? That's almost become quite iconic. Like who's going to be, you know, taking it? Um, I'm always intrigued to see, you know, what 
what suits they're donning if they've got you know funky mm. tie or something um <laughs> but yeah they always look quite smart don't they and um yeah in 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 many many years they've kind of gone somewhere exciting for the pre pre uh, event kind of do if you like so i remember one year they were at the courts of justice the other year at the natural history museum so i used to enjoy like wanting to guess like where they'd be around london but uh, i think in more recent years they've just kind of done it on the the boat or or at the o2 they haven't really done such a big thing kim are you were you secretly hoping they would take a trip out to croydon uh this year <laughs> to, to take a photo are you revealing in... where i live joel <laughs> yeah the, i am sort of, of sort croydon, of post croydon yeah, yeah. <laughs> the croydon the general croydon area oh. um <laughs> which has made the news for other reasons croydon of late if anyone's there who wouldn't love that croydon backdrop for the top eight um <laughs> yeah maybe maybe not maybe not um yeah let's let's kind of let's move on let's kind of talk about the the tour finals um we're going to be previewing kind of both both groups um in this episode and also we're going to do a couple of updates as well um with from the couple of tournaments that are going on at the moment um so yeah kim let's let's talk about the draw um we had that today we have two groups we have group tokyo 1970 and we have group uh group london uh group london 2020 um bit of a mouthful but you know this is the 50th edition of the tour finals that's the reason why those groups are named like that one's the, the very first edition and really aptly actually for the the draw today we had stan smith who was the first ever winner of the tour finals back in 1970 deliver um deliver the groups um we had djokovic nadal in in pot one team medvedev in pot two zverev sisipas in pot three and then rublev schwartzman in pot four i mean we were going to get i think you know based on those pots we were going to get pretty even sort of groups i mean arguably only pot four rublev and schwartzman there's a you'd say there's a big there's a, at least a, a disparity there in terms of who you'd who you'd prefer Exactly. Um, I mean, it's just the group's so jam packed, aren't they, Joel? It's um, I don't know where to begin, really, with with uh, making any predictions on this one, because it's just such such a lineup. I mean, shall we begin with with Group Tokyo and and consider the prospects <laughs> for those four <laughs> players? Because um, obviously you've got Novak Djokovic, Daniel Medvedev, who's coming off of the Paris Masters, you know, victory, Sasha Zverev coming off a Paris final and, and two Cologne victories. And then Diego Schwartzman, who I guess many are feeling like he's almost making up the numbers. You know, this is his first appearance at the event. And, you know, he's had a breakout season in the sense of he's reached his first, you know, slam semi-final. He's reached his first Masters final, cracked the top 10. Beat Rafa. Yeah, beat Rafa as well. But do you think this is like a complete step up? I mean, he's going to be from the word go having to play, you know, top eight players and I don't know I'm maybe I'm really underestimating him I feel bad but I just I feel like he might I I wouldn't put him going through let's just say that much (laughs) yeah he's certain I think he's certainly the underdog uh in in the group is Schwartzman uh he's had you know he's he has been one of the form players, I think, you know, post lockdown, um, you know, particularly on the clay court, but him on an indoor hard court, you still feel is a, is a completely different proposition. And you do sense that, you know, if you were in kind of Novak Djokovic's shoes or Medvedev or Zverev's shoes, you'd be looking, you know, you'd be looking at the Schwarzman match to think, you know, if there is an easy match in this group, 
that would be it. I'm not saying it will be easy because, uh, you know, a very under, you know, under underrated player, I think Schwartzman is on the tour. So he could definitely do some damage, but it feels like, you know, it feels like if you're looking at who's going to progress from that group in terms of the top two, you think it would come from, from Djokovic, Medvedev or Zverev. Um, I mean, let's talk about Novak Djokovic, first of all. He's coming in probably as as the favourite. You know, he's won this five times uh, before, which I think is equal with, with Pete Sampras in terms of the record. Um, but, you know, he he didn't perform that well in his kind of tune-up event in Vienna, losing to Lorenzo Sonigo. Um and yeah, he's he's not really had a lot of of time on court. I know I know that you know it's Novak Djokovic, and you know he he has had a phenomenal season. I mean, I think he's only lost what he's lost three times in the whole of the the tour. But I always kind of think that this is twenty twenty. Anything can happen, and even in you know someone someone as great as kind of Novak Djokovic on a tennis court, it still feels like you know there's potential for for banana skins. And when you've got Medvedev and Zverev, probably the most, the two most informed players based on the results in the Paris Masters in your group. It's still going to be, it's still going to be quite a tricky, a tricky route to, uh, to navigate. Yeah, because along with, say, Rublev, you know, I think Zverev and Medvedev, you know, would, would be the most informed players of, of, of late, especially Zverev, I suppose, just looking back to Cologne. Uh, for example. But yeah, I feel like this time round, Djokovic coming in is a bit more doubts than than there normally would be. But like you said, you, you can never rule him out. You know, I if he went at home with the title, you know, week on Sunday without losing a match, I would not be surprised. So I think it will be more difficult for him this year than, you know, back in the day when he was racking up, you know, titles at this event. But I certainly um, would still have him right up there as as well yeah still as the favorite uh because i just literally don't think you could ever really rule him out um i mean i think for me it's it's a battle between medvedev and zverev as to who will will progress alongside novak from this group so it may very well come down to you know a repeat of the paris final um it could come come down to the match that they play against each other um or it could come down to um you know, I can't remember how they do it now in the in the rules. It's it's is it head to head that they do it on, or is it um say it sets one and lost, isn't it? That's the first thing they look for if they're drawing. So it might come down to something like whoever drops a set against someone else. You know, it it, it could be that close, perhaps. It does feel like that's how tight it is. It, I I wouldn't be surprised if we get down to like you know having to get out your calculator on court to figure out who <laughs> who goes through. Um, I mean, just talking about. Medvedev and Zverev. I mean, interestingly, in terms of their head-to-head, Zverev leads that 5-2. But of course, Medvedev had the most recent victory. So, you know, if you look at that matchup, you know, you'd, you'd think Zverev will be looking to to get a little bit of revenge, um, get a little bit of revenge on on Medvedev. I mean, yeah, it's it's interesting because yeah, Schwartzman could have a role to play in terms of in terms of who goes through. Uh, I think you know what's interesting. I think for Medvedev is that. I think we, I think Zverev has kind of shown that he, he can be, he can belong in kind of the, you know, at the very kind of top of the, the new generation. Um, you know, he can, he can hang, I think, with, you know, Nadal. You know, he proved that in, um, you know, in Paris. Djokovic as, as well. Um, I think Medvedev has a point here. I think he'll want to prove to fans, but also to himself that 
he belongs at the very the very top you know the very top um you know elite level um he's not really shown that this season and i think he'll be looking at this group and this tournament in general i think just to kind of you know assert his kind of um you know assert his presence on the tour and and where his you know where his level is at because we saw that level reemerge in in paris and he'll want to kind of re-emphasize that level in in london and you know we've seen Djokovic and Zverev I think be at that level and I think Medvedev will want to he will want to show that he's up there as well and you know the best way he's going to do that is probably take that that second spot uh, to qualify from from Zverev yeah I think also he'll be coming in a bit more relaxed now that he's got Paris and he's he's shown a bit of form I think maybe he was getting a bit tense you know he was saying oh I can't play well you know I can't can't do it <laughs> like he was expressing quite a bit of frustration and I just I, I feel like he's going to come in maybe a bit yeah with a bit of, of weight off his shoulders yeah the monkey's off his back especially like this time last year you know he'd had such an incredible kind of few months he was probably quite fatigued and had a lot of stuff to prove you know coming into it so I think he's gonna feel a bit bit lighter this time round and uh yeah, I think, um, I mean, I feel like Schwartzman, if Schwartzman was to make it through, you know, he's never beaten Djokovic, he's never beaten Medvedev. He's sort of 2-2 with his head-to-head on Zverev. I, I think he's going to have to really go some um, <laughs> to get through. But um, Can you give me an argument or can you give me a scenario <laughs> where Schwartzman go, goes through? Because, I, you know, it feels like, you know, we say this is, you know, the most open... Uh, tour finals in in quite a while you could make cases for you know I think you can make cases for you know five potentially six of the the players in there I think the the case I can like say most definitively though is Diego Schwartzman is not gonna is not gonna win the tour finals I can't see him I can't see him getting out this group I can see I can see him more likely getting the wooden spoon and going oh and oh and three in his group um you know, more so. I, I think he's a fantastic competitor, but I think on an indoor hard court when, you know, he's going to be playing Zverev, Djokovic, Medvedev with losing head to heads and not even kind of, not even having won a match. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a very tall order. It may not be pretty. And I mean, here's another <laughs> thing. For, here's another thing for you, Joel. Do you think we'll be seeing the alternates uh, get a chance to play mm. at all? Got Matteo Berrettini as the first alternate and Denis Shapovalov as the second. Uh, I, I feel like in most previous years, at some point, the first alternate does end up getting a, a run around. Um, but do you think we're going to see that this year? Because obviously people generally have played a lot less tennis. They shouldn't be as as uh, many injury injury woes, but, you know, it could still happen. But obviously Berrettini did, did play at this event last year, so he is not uh, a debutant. But... Um, I wonder if we'll see him at all. Yeah, I don't think the alternates, I think, will come into play in this group. I feel like if they did, it would be potentially in the other group. I know there's kind of Nadal. talk around <laughs> well, Nadal, but also Sissipas potentially, you know, is carrying an injury at the moment. Um, if they do come into play, I don't think they will, though. I mean, there's just not been enough tennis, I don't think, you know, through the whole year. Um, which I think kind of means that generally everyone is kind of well rested kind of going into the event. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, Djokovic, Medvedev, Zverev, Schwartzman, you'd think, you'd think, yeah, Djokovic and then Medvedev, Medvedev or, or Zverev. Um, I mean, just, just kind of 
quickly touching on on Medvedev as well. Interestingly, this week it came out that he um, has extended um, his partnership uh, with Lacoste. They've um, extended it together um, until 2026. So he's got the backing of he's got the backing of Lacoste. So that's quite a big. I mean, that's quite a big commitment. That's six years. So. They're they're looking to you know make him their make him their star and well they've already got Djokovic haven't they <laughs> Lacoste so uh, they're maybe eyeing him up as a well I mean, Novak's not going anywhere is he but although Novak has just on a random note changed his clothing um, you know quite a, quite a few times hasn't he he's gone through quite a lot of different brands now but uh, yeah that's quite interesting. Um, that uh, they've done that but uh, let's have a quick break shall we Joel and then we'll we'll be back to discuss group London 2020 <laughs> god that makes me want to say London 2012 was the Olympics and in fact when I first saw the group names I was like oh is this some Olympic based thing like Tokyo London um but yeah we'll be back shortly to discuss the other group and also to catch up on the other tennis that's been going on this week as well so join us in a mo. And this is The Passing Shot. You're joined by Joel and Kim. And now we're going to move on to discuss Group London 2020, which has Rafa Nadal, Dominic Team, Stefanos Tsitsipas and Andre Rublev. Um, what do you make of this group, Joel? Do you think this is going to be more exciting than Group Tokyo? Or do you think this is more of an open field? Do you... I, I feel like this one is is a bit trickier to call, perhaps. I mean, it's certainly... I think... I don't I think everyone could qualify. <laughs> yeah, this one this one excites me. I think I think this one there are genuinely no easy games here. You know, I think you've got the defending champion in in Sisipas. Rublev is, you know, he's won five titles this you know this season. He's been a consistent performer across the whole season. And then you've got uh, Nadal who, you know, has never won, has never won this event, kind of struggles on, um, is known to struggle on indoor hardcore. And then Dominic team where, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't really know, I think, to be honest. You know, he's, he's kind of, I felt like almost kind of little been, been a little bit quiet since, um, since winning the, the US Open. So, you know, I think this, this group, um, this group is really, really intriguing. Um, yeah, I mean, let's start with. I know we'll get onto Nadal in the set, but I want to start with with Sissipas actually because he's the he's the reigning champion, um, and uh, that final last year between him and, and Dominic Team, you remember he he won on a on a final set tiebreak. Well, that's going to be the first match on Sunday. I mean, Sissipas, you know his his form's not really been kind of that great again um you know post french open he lost to umber in in paris dimitrov early on in in vienna um potentially carrying an injury i i i don't think i don't think the kind of the history books suggest and his form really is going to is suggests he's going to do that well because we've not really it's quite hard to be a back-to-back champion we've not really had that that often have we no, exactly. No one has defended this title uh, since 2015, I believe, you know, and, and obviously the last couple of years we've had relatively young, uh, you know, younger players like we had Tsitsipas, Zverev and Dimitrov as well. Um, so we haven't really had um, anyone sort of 
dominating it since I guess that those that kind of period where Novak and Fed were just kind of alternating and taking it home. Um, yeah, I'd be surprised if if Tsitsipas won it again. To be honest with you, you know, if he defended it, um, I think like his form of late since the since the French Open hasn't been great, and um, yeah, I feel like. I just don't know if he'd have the consistency to put it together because he's not coming in with with the form required. Um, I mean, as for Dominic Team as well, I, I feel this in a way the same sort of doubts doubts kind of are there for Team as well. You know, we haven't really seen uh, enough of him, I suppose, to to give us much indication. Um, of late, of of where he's going to be at. So perhaps actually them playing each other in the first match is is the best opener for both of them it's uh and that could very well be the, the crucial match uh when it comes down to the latter end of the week yeah i mean just looking i mean nadal team sissipas i feel like we don't know where all of those three really are at um in terms of like their recent form they've not really done you know much post the french open versus the, you know the the player who comes out of pot four audrey rublev who who has actually, you know, is probably the most, um, even though he's the lowest ranked of those four, he's probably actually the most informed. So it'll be really interesting, I think, to see how Rublev kind of handles these, you know, really top, top players. Um, you know, I was kind of looking, you know, the five titles he's won um, have been across, I think two have been at 250 level and three have been at 500 level. So you think he's in kind of the perfect position to, make that step up I mean he reached I think he's reached two quarterfinals as well at kind of grand slams this year um I think he I think this is the most interesting sort of wild card element to the group is how is how well Rublev is going to do is it going to be a you know take a set off here and there or is he gonna come out and, and and get some victories and I think that would have that might also that might have the biggest bearing on on who comes out who comes out of the group because um yeah where where Nadal team and Sissipas form is for me a bit unknown a bit uncertain at the moment for Rublev we know where he's at and if he's performing at that level I genuinely think he could trouble um trouble those three players yeah and Rublev has a very recent win over Dominic team as well in in Vienna wasn't it so I know team was struggling with blisters, so I mean, assuming they're they're now healed, um, I guess he'll be looking to get get revenge for that one. But and and as for Rafa against Rublev, like they've only played once, um, so that's quite a, a new, fresh, you know, match up. We don't really know. Um, I mean, I think on a and on an indoor hardcore, I mean, Rublev's got all the the form and momentum with him there, really. So yeah, I don't. There's no easy games in this group. I um, bit on the fence as to whether Rafa would would qualify as well I think he's got perhaps more chance this year than he has had previously when he's been coming in you know very tired and with perhaps with an injury or, or what have you but I would still not be surprised if he didn't qualify just you know indoor hard it being his 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 worst surface uh, surface and and him struggling in Paris you know um against much lower ranked players you know he was struggling to get over the finish line really in some of those matches and he's going to have to be bang on the money from the off but I do believe that he can do that but it's just uh yeah it hasn't been his best event has it yeah it's it's hard to really kind of mark out a favorite I think in in this uh, in this group I mean yes like if you were going on uh you know history you'd you'd obviously say kind of Nadal but 
based on form and, and this season, it's it's a bit of a yeah. I think you could easily take two of any of those four to to progress. I mean, if you look at their head to heads as well, I mean, Team Rublev, Sissipas Rublev are both two apiece. Um, the over really kind of you know overwhelming ones are you know Nadal Sissipas is five one, Nadal Team nine five, but. I think, you know, I think, I still think it's, it's a lot, I still think those matches will be a lot closer than those, you know, heads, head to heads suggest. So, you know, it, it, I think this one, I think this group is very much all to play for. Whereas, uh, yeah, I think in the other group, it's a bit more two of three of Djokovic, Medvedev, Zverev. Yeah, hopefully we'll get some really competitive matches. I think there has been uh, a case in the past at this event where some of them have been sort of, quite one-sided um especially you know some of the evening sessions have been absolutely you know like over in an hour sort of job so hopefully it'll be you know fantastic tennis you know from from all eight players and we'll get you know some really entertaining matches and I mean okay let's let's just uh finish up with our singles preview Joel with with our predictions for let's do a final four um <laughs> I'm gonna go Djokovic, Medvedev, um, Rafa, and team. What about you? Oh, I mean, that was very. So you, okay. Um, I am going to go for. I think I think Novak Djokovic will go will come through. Um, I'm going to go Djokovic and Zverev um, in Group Tokyo. I just think Zverev has been playing. I think he will get his own back on Medvedev. Um, I even think he might top the group, actually. But yeah, I can see Djokovic and Zverev going through from Group Tokyo. And then I think from Group London, Kim, I hate to say it, but I just, I don't think Nadal is coming through that group. I'm uh, I'm only saying him because I predicted him to win the French and he did. So I'm just going along with the same. I'm going to go, uh, I'm I'm going to go a bit wild here. I'm going to say team and Rublev. Uh, I don't think that's through. wild, Joel. We've, you, just okay. said, well, no, we, we've just said that anything goes really. So <laughs> how is that wild? Okay, um, sorry. I'm going to go with um, Dominic team and Dennis Shapovalov of second alternate um, <laughs> to get, to get <laughs> well it's 2020 Joel we've already said that so stranger yeah. things Dennis Shapovalov's <laughs> going to win the tournament um, well you know there could be two positive Covid tests and you know those players would have to immediately withdraw and Shapovalov and Berrettini would uh, avail themselves that would be very 2020 wouldn't it I mean, it, it really would be would. the most 2020 yeah. thing if an alternate played and, and got through uh, to but the final or something. But As long as there's no Benoit pair like going around the hotel playing cards <laughs> for everyone, I think they might be okay. <laughs> um, also, we should just say, you know, the Zverev allegations obviously still um, ongoing and the ATP haven't, you know, said anything, done anything. So... You know, if Zverev were to to win this this title again, you know that would cause, I think, a bit you know further consternation than there already is as well. So it remains to be seen if the ATP are going to to intervene at all, um, and whether you know that would come maybe in the off season. Maybe they're waiting. I don't know if they would be, but waiting till this event is over, I don't know. But that could be a could be a a thing. Yeah, it's a good point you raise because the longer the longer the ATP you know, remain silent. I think final fans are, you know, sort of expecting an announcement, but if there is no announcement and we end up with Zverev lifting the tro- you know, le- lifting the trophy, you know, the following Sunday and still no announcement, it's going to look really, 
it's going to look really awkward, I feel, isn't it? Mm. Um, well, you know, there's, yeah. there's going to be lots of, um, yeah, there's going to, I'm certain, certain there's going to be kind of more kind of news and uh, narrative around that. But let's move on to the doubles um, draw now as well. I mean, we can, we could move on to the doubles draw, but it's, it's not been decided yet because we don't actually know um, the full eight pairs that are going to be in the doubles. Kim, we've got, I think we've got, six decided and it's a bit of a toss-up isn't it so we've got seven decided but it's still to be decided with our, our final pair yeah it's all all to play for out in Sofia this week for um for the eighth position so I mean let's just run through the seven pairs that we do have we've got obviously Rajiv Rao and, and Britain's Joe Salisbury so we have some Definitely some home, uh, home hopes to cheer. Well, a home hope to cheer on. <laughs> um, we also have Mate Pavic and Bruno Suarez. I think they're in the best form personally. Um, I mean, I, I, I think they might be the ones to go for. Um, Kevin Kravitz and Andreas Mies, your favorites, Joel. Um, Marcel Granolas and Harassi. Oh, I can't speak today. Horatio Zabios, if I'm saying that correctly. And obviously, um, well, Marcel Granola's won it with Mark Lopez uh, many, many years ago now. So he's a former champ. Uh, Wesley Kulhoff and Nikola Mektic. They've had a very good year. It's good to see Kulhoff there. John Pierce and Michael Venus and uh, Lukas Kubot and Marcelo Mello. Um, and then the, the eighth position is very excitingly still in the balance between Jamie Murray and Neil Skupski which would give us more British hopes, or Jürgen Meltzer and Edouard Rojavasselan. So um, Jamie and Neil are in the final of uh, Sofia and Meltzer and Rojavasselan are playing their semi-final tomorrow. So uh, basically it depends on how well um, they both do in Sofia. I, I assume we'd be wanting Meltzer and Rojavasselan to lose their semi and uh, Jamie and Neil to win the final i'm not 100 percent sure of the exact ramifications but <laughs> so Meltzer and roger vasselan if they win tomorrow and get through to the final then murray and skupski do not have a chance of, of oh, okay completing the top eight so it all Damn. lies yeah on that all lies on that doubles match uh tomorrow to see um to see what yes yeah, to see you know who that who the final eight are um there has been a singles action of course going on in sofia as well um we're at the semi-final stage uh we've got we've got yannick sinner versus adrian manorino um in one semi-final and then we've got pospisil versus gasquet in the other semi-final kim we were speaking about the hopes of canada um with the top two seeds that is shapovalov and uh felix auger aliasim it didn't go that well for either of them i think they both lost in their first matches um as did marin chilich quite quite sadly actually three and three and two to um jonas for Frogtech. um but i was distracted just then joel because you said chilich and he's actually the one that could defeat jürgen Meltzer and eduard roger vaslan tomorrow he's playing with tomislav brukic bosnian guy um and they are playing um Meltzer and Roger Vasselin. So Chilich is still still playing around in Sofia. Uh, but yeah, he had a bit of a shocker in that that singles match. Um and but your your bloke, Caruso, one of your faves, <laughs> he uh he, he's done quite well. He beat FAA. He's just lost to Gasquet today. So um it's a bit of excitement for you, Joel. <laughs> yeah, you've got to think you I mean you'd look at those 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 semi finals, you'd think Sinner. 
oh, Sinner yes. would Sinner would be licking his lips at the prospect of of winning his first title, winning his first title, exactly. Um, although Gasquet, you know, Gasquet is uh, you know still still, still going, still, <laughs> still got all that experience. So you know, who knows? We'll see what happens. Um, and then we've also had a we've also got uh, women's tennis in Linz at the moment. Obviously, there's no. WTA finals so this almost is the this is the fi- this is the final final event isn't it on the on the WTA tour mm-hmm. yeah and uh, it's still early days actually they haven't got quite as far through uh, the draw as the uh, the men but um got Nadia Podoroska back in action after her Roland Garros semi-final so she's uh, obviously now in the top 50 and able to get into these events so uh, she's going she's going all right out in Linz um I think as Vera Zvonareva was on court against Elise Mertens um, just now. She's got set point. Ah, live updates from Linz. <laughs> uh, I think there hasn't really been any major shocks. Uh, I know your strengths got lost, um, but uh, to greet Minnen. But uh, yeah, we'll see how that unfolds. And we'll we'll probably be back, I think, early next week, won't we, Joel, to, to kind of catch up on those two events and... Um, you know, also catch up on the first few days of the ATP Tour Finals. Uh, in terms of our coverage, in terms of the passing shots coverage um, of the Tour Finals, we are going to be doing um, some midweek catch-ups next week, shortened versions. But um, yeah, we're looking to put out a couple of episodes on the weekdays next week, as well as a finals recap on the following Sunday. So I hope you can join us uh, for our coverage uh, of the Tour Finals. Um, make sure you subscribe to us to make sure you receive all of our latest kind of passing shot episodes uh, from the tour finals in London. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Castbox, Stitcher, wherever you listen to us, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And if you haven't been enjoying our podcast of late and you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, make sure to leave us a rating and comment. Yeah, and you can follow us on all the social media channels, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. We, we're not quite on TikTok and things like that, are we, Joel? But uh, we're on, you know, the other main ones. Um, and you can also email the show as well, passingshotpod at gmail.com. So do get in touch. We really do appreciate, um, you know, any feedback that we get and, and your thoughts and, and comments on everything. So do let us know and we'll be, we're glad to hear it. But yeah, for now, we are wrapping up our episode previewing the tour finals in London. Our discussion of the groups are no doubt terrible final four predictions as well. Um, so yeah, we will see you again soon, uh, next, next week. So no episode on Sunday, but we will be back next week to do some midweek catch ups of all the group stage action at the tour finals. So I hope we will see you again soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.